Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the City of Smack podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. Our guests sit down and open up in-depth to share their experiences, their brilliant insights, and their vivid snapshots from their professional and personal accomplishments within the sport. Today's episode of the City of Smack podcast is presented by Bandit Running. Bandit Running is a performance running apparel brand founded in 2020 by members of the New York City running community. What started off as socks and accessories has grown into a full-fledged apparel assortment. Many of you tuned in for our coverage of the Chicago Marathon. Their Chicago collection was one of the best I saw from all of the brands. Their fall and winter capsule is also a hit. I know it's going to be tough for me to take my new Bandit Sidious Mag hoodie off all throughout the winter. Those aren't on sale yet. However, you can check out all of their tops, bottoms, long sleeves, hats, and more at banditrunning.com. Listen up because this is the best deal you're going to find on the internet from Bandit. Bandit is offering Sidious Mag listeners 15% off all of their orders from banditrunning.com for a limited time through October 31st if you use code Sidious15. Grab yourself some merch. Go grab some miles after that. That's banditrunning.com, code Sidious15. We're also brought to you by Olipop. We've been pounding Olipop for months now, and our gut health has never been better. We know all the trepidation that runners have had for years about drinking soda. Olipop calls itself a new kind of soda. Whether you're a runner, a fitness enthusiast, or just someone who wants to make better choices, Olipop is the perfect drink for you. Olipop is a low-sugar, low-calorie beverage that's packed with prebiotics, botanicals, and plant fibers that nourish your microbiome and supports digestive health. It comes in a variety of tasty flavors like vintage cola, strawberry vanilla, lemon lime, and banana cream. Back in May, there was actually a report that Olipop's root beer flavor is the number one best-selling single-serve root beer. Now they're coming for the top spot in a new flavor category, ginger ale. Give it a try today. I've got a couple in my fridge, and of course, it's delicious. Sidious Mag Podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code Sidious25 at checkout when they visit drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and other retailers. So next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Feel free to tag us and tag Drink Olipop on your Instagram stories. We love reposting those. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. We're back. More cross-country talk. The people wanted it. I looked at the numbers on the last podcast that we did, and people really seemed to enjoy uh, Isaac Wood on the City of Smack podcast talking cross-country. So the man is back, and this is a big weekend ahead for us as we look at the uh, Nutty Comb Invitational taking place at Madison, Wisconsin, at the University of Wisconsin. And then we've also got more action taking place at Panorama Farms in Charlottesville, Virginia, as they host the 2023 pre-nationals. Um, so, Isaac, we brought you on to kind of look at some of the top storylines and athletes competing. So let's start with the fact of what stood out to you about which teams decided to go where. Um Let's look at the women's side or men's side first, whichever one you want to start off with. Um, yeah, we can start with the uh, women's side first. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it is interesting who decides to go where. Sometimes I feel like it's political. Sometimes I feel like it's like 
whose friends are going, who what friends, like your coaching friends are going where. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous that that would even be a reason, but I legit think it is. Um, well, and, it's sort uh, of like at the for the first meet that took place, right? Like it was the Panorama Farms already had kind of like that kickoff. And it was Vin opening the doors. Hey, everyone, come check out the course. You you know, if it's Vin, you're going to answer the call and and right. take a team there. Uh, so I feel like some teams check that box already of like going to go see the course at Panorama Farms. Um, but they really know that every year the regular season meet to go to is Nuttycomb. Yeah, I think people are so afraid of not going because there's always this talk of like, okay, if you're top 10 or 12 at Wisco, you, you, you've booked your ticket, you know? And everyone's like, it's an arms race of getting in there. I mean, you know, if, if Mick Byrne could make an under-the-table salary from people wanting to, you know, slip them a little something, something to get into Wisconsin, I know that's not happening. I'm kidding. But, I mean, you know, they'd make some money off of that, right? I mean, yeah. shoot, the amount of people who would love to run at Nuttycomb um, is strong. And I think people just are afraid of not being there because they feel like that's where it's at. And the FOMO is strong and Mick and his crew have to make probably really, really hard decisions on who gets to be there and who doesn't. Um, and so it is interesting when you look at the list of teams that decided to go to Virginia versus Wisconsin on the women's side. Um, of course, Virginia is going to stay home. Um, it was interesting that Tennessee decided to bring both their teams um, and then, but you see a lot of other split squads. Um, well, Arkansas brought both their teams as well, men and women, but then BYU is split. Oregon is split. Um, Wake Forest is split. Um, I think Michigan is split. So I think, you know, if you look at some of the top teams on the women, on the women's side, that will be at Virginia, Arkansas, BYU, Virginia, Oregon, Tennessee, Michigan, um, Wake Forest, Villanova kind of comes down the list. There's a bunch of other teams that are, that are there, but, um, you know, it's just interesting to see who decided to make that decision to go to Virginia now. Um, and a lot of it was, I think who wanted to go to Dillinger, so people wanted to kind of go to these other meets that have value and, you know, would be interesting to be at, but you know, um, that's, I think that's why you see the, the smaller selection at Virginia vis-a-vis what you would see in Nutty Comb. Yeah. I'm kind of looking at it now. I have both the, um, all of the teams laid out in front of me and then also the rankings. And it does look like it is like a 50, 50 split between like the top 10 teams between both. Um, but the top end of the rankings, the NC state, Northern Arizona, Notre Dame, Stanford, they're going to Wisconsin. And then you've got kind of the back half of that top 10 going to uh, Virginia Interestingly enough, I'm looking at this, unless I'm looking at it wrong, I don't see Oklahoma State on either one of these two. Where are they this weekend? I believe Oklahoma State decided to go to um, the Crimson Classic. Is that right? Okay. I'm going to pull it up really, 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 really fast while we're on this pod. Um, If my college Wi-Fi will go fast enough to make it worth doing. But um, I think there's there's, there's value. And I can see where Dave Smith's coming from this end. Like, why would we beat ourselves up again? I mean, those meets, like when you're in there and you, you feel like the emotion's super high and everyone's really excited, like you can only get yourself up emotionally for so many meets before you're just like done, you know? Um, it looks like they're not racing until Big 12s. So, wow. Rest yeah, up for championship like, season. Yeah, I guess so. And there's value there because now, if, if you think about it, if you're Dave, you're like, okay, I know I've got a really good team. I've got two really good teams. Men and women's, my men's and women's teams are both really good. I mean, we can train for a month without any race. Now, there's something to be said about racing enough 
you have to just almost remind yourself of what racing is like. Like Big 12 might end up being almost almost a rust buster for Oklahoma State now because of that. I mean, that's probably not fair to say because they've run a race just a month before, but um I think that I think that from their perspective it's it's a great opportunity to to, to really get some solid training in for a month and and you know the, the fact of the matter is when you're really good there's only one meet that really matters well two your ad cares about conference and they care about how you do at nationals so so isaac remind the people just exactly the coolest calculator that everyone busts out right before uh nationals that determines you know you ha- performed really well at this meet and you know you factoring regionals what is on the line here this weekend because are a ton of points going to be coming from Wisconsin? I kind of if I'm weighing both of them, Wisconsin's obviously like it seems like the heavier hitting meat. So right. when a couple of weeks down the road, we're gonna be looking at the results from the Wisconsin Nuttycomb Invitational as a big indicator of who is going to get into the national championship. Yeah, and just as a refresher, nine regions, the top at the region meet, the top two automatically go. Those 18 get into a cohort, and of those 18 teams, they the the algorithm figures out what team has the most wins against those 18, and whoever has the highest amount of those wins is the first team in, and then they become a cohort of 19, and you just repeat that process until you get to 31. So um, I, that's why I'm saying I think it's scary for coaches to not run at Wisconsin if you don't if you don't feel incredibly confident about your team's ability to run well enough regionals to get in. Or that you're gonna you're gonna you know be first or second or third at at pre nats and you'll get points that way. I mean, it's it you got to be a nutty comb. Um, a good example is Utah Valley's women. They're a top twenty five team. I don't know what their ranking is exactly, but the meets that they are running at this year, they're not going to score any points. They they weren't allowed into Wisconsin into nutty comb. They didn't they they, they didn't get into Virginia or if they did, they got in too late that they couldn't get flights or something like that. And, and now that's a top 25 team that unless they ball out at regionals, they're not going to have a shot. Wow. And that's the system, right? That's the system that we're in. It's like, you have to be able to be at the meets. You got to be at the place where it's happening. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're going to be, you're going to be out of luck. I think maybe about in the last 10 years, I think that happened to Providence women once where they were like top 15 ended up getting third in their region and had no points. Interesting. The, that again, to, to your first point, the politics behind some of it comes into play at some points. Yeah, I think so. Honestly. Yeah. All right. So the first, after the first episode that we did together at that point, we really hadn't seen NC state in action. Then we did see them open up the following week and they do look like, you know, the reigning champions. They held out, you know, yeah. Caitlin Tui. I presume we're going to see her in action this weekend at the Wisconsin invitational. So. Um, what are you looking out for there? Because, you know, they have Caitlin Tui making her season debut. Amaris Chinismo was held out of the first meet. Um, so Casey Camille has been kind of like their top runner going into this. What? How does this race sort of shake out? And what is going to be a win? I guess the win is going to be a win for, for NC State. Yeah, I, I think for NC State, the question is going to be how close can, can Camille be to Tui? And then Tanisma to Camille. I think, I think that's because I think, you know, when you're looking at the other teams that have a shot to beat, not necessarily beat, but the shot to be in the mix with NC State, you're looking at, you know, Florida's women and NAU's women, right? And, and so that's right. Parker Valby in action. Yeah. Valby Mania back at it. Um, 
And so I think, I think that that's going to, you know, it'll be really telling to see where Camille is at. Um, and if I look at the entries right now, Tanusma isn't in the NC state entries. So she's not, she's not running. So that changes the things a little bit for NC state. I, I still think NC state is probably the superior team, but without Tanisma, that opens the door for Florida because you got Balby, you got Amelia Ma, uh, Mazza Downey, you've got Flamina Asikol. Um, those are three girls that will be all Americans in cross and maybe even top 15 or 20 in cross. Uh, obviously Balby in the mix to win again. And so um I think if you're NC State, you got to see what what Camille can do to be that much closer to Tuhi and and uh, to try to break up Florida's one two three punch. That's that's honestly, I don't. It's not as it might not be as good as NC State's, but man, it's it's it's, it's it could be a, a net push. Florida's number nine in the rankings. Do you think they should be so much higher? I think people aren't sure yet. You know, mm. um, and so I think that after this weekend, they'll probably be a top five team. NAU, we discussed in the very pre- first episode about just sort of their potential to possibly try and close that gap on NC State and or even pull off the upset. Is the team that they're fielding this weekend going to be close? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is between NC State, Florida, NAU, and even Colorado's women to some extent, you're going to see four teams really ballot out up front. Um, especially, this will be a good test of NC State's uh, mid-level depth from from their fourth runner back. Where are they at? Um, are they are they battle ready? And maybe this is the test that they need to become battle ready. I mean, obviously, of course, this meet has ramifications for scoring points, but for the best for the best teams in here, it doesn't really matter. This is just kind of a chance for the coaches to see who you know who's got the stuff and when it actually matters. And so, um, it'll be curious to see what kind of team tactics there are, what what these coaches decide to do. Does Will Palmer of Florida just let those three girls, you know, Macedoni, Asikol, and uh, Bobby just let her rip from the gun? Um, do they try to play more of a team race and bring those bring those four, five, six girls along? NC State, what's their pack look like? Colorado's always going to run smart. Um, and, uh, and you know, when you're being coached, NAU being coached by, you know, the, the legendary Mike Smith, of course, you're, you know, they're going to run smart. And so those four teams really make it interesting. And it's going to be, Fun. I could see a lot of like, I could see four teams in that 40 to 50, you know, 60 point range in a meet this big. Like it could be like, it could be like NC State, Florida, Colorado, NAU, and all of their runners through like 30, you know, anyway. Cal Baptist keeps climbing up in the, in the rankings slowly, but surely you pr- gave Adam Tribble, coach Adam Tribble, his, his praises in that uh, preview episode. Now they get the chance to prove it against you know, the heavy hitters. Uh, how big of a meet is this for them? Yeah, I think this is the chance to, to for them to say, hey, Griak wasn't a fluke, right? Because they won. They beat Utah, whose women are, have been a top 10 team perennially for the last several years. And so this is a good chance for for Cal Baptist to, to kind of prove that Griak wasn't, wasn't a fluke and that they're for real. And it's interesting, the voters for both their men's and women's teams, we'll talk about their men in a second. I think they're just still... Like, I just don't know. I don't know what people are thinking. Like, I think they're way better than they're being ranked. And again, that's maybe there's maybe there's something political there or not. I don't know. But it is interesting to see that, like, these guys are, I mean, these women on that team especially are really good. And I think that they are, they will prove that they, that they belong um, at the, at, at the top, um, in the top, not top 10 um, uh, in those rankings, maybe even better than that after this weekend. That's my opinion. Individually, we are going to get Tui versus Valby again. And then the biggest team that 
made a jump from the last time we spoke was Alabama going uh, from 22nd to 14th in the rankings. And I think that uh, Alabama rookie Doris Lemongole was a major factor in that. Um, at the Joe Piani Invitational at Notre Dame, she won the 5K in 1605, beating Kelsey Camille. And so that took a lot of people by surprise. You're even making a little <laughs> bit of a face as to like, oh, maybe... I guess her background is that she even had, she competed at a diamond league, I believe, yeah. and then dropped out um, stud, you know, from Kenya. This now all of a sudden, it's sort of like Tui versus Valby might have a third, you know, supporting cast member there. Yeah, they, that's true. And, and we're not going to see it this a, weekend. Yeah, we're not. And I think that's probably fine. I think they probably want to be careful to over race. Um, and so that's probably a good thing. They could probably let her, you know, just train through until SEC is kind of what Dave's doing with Oklahoma State. But, you know, um, there's a few schools that have the corner on the market of ScholarBook. And if you don't know what ScholarBook is, they're a service that kind of has the, um, that they, you know, you pay a certain amount and they kind of help you find verifiable great athletes. And, and, you know, um, they've really helped a lot of these programs find incredible talent and Alabama is one of them. And so they're, they're always going to have some of the better athletes, you know, individuals at least. And, and especially when we're looking at from a recruiting perspective and international recruiting, you know, they will always land the, the, the most verifiable, legit runners from the various countries that, that are good, that great runners come from. You know, uh, especially right now, obviously Kenya and then and then South Africa and a few other um, countries in, in Europe and things like that. So it, I'm not surprised that Alabama was able to land someone of that caliber. Um, obviously, I think Dan Waters and Nick Stunnett do a great job in that program. And it's going to be, I, I think that I, I imagine her believing she can run with the front of those girls. And it will be interesting to see what, you know, when things get really tough, how things end up going for her when there's no, not as much team stuff on the line. I think when things get really hard, you have to kind of, you start to question why you're doing this or what's your reason or what's your purpose? What's your why, if you want to get waxed too philosophical and uh, you know, when there's team stuff on the line, I think people just tend to run better. Yeah. So that'll be another storyline that plays out later on in the season. Right. So looking at, you know, the teams at Wisconsin, who needs to have a big week? You know, kind of that it maybe has faltered over the first couple of weeks of the season that, th again, this is a big opportunity for for Colas points down the road. But who needs a big one here? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I look at that list, I look at programs in that list that I think are, when people think of perennial great cross-country teams, they think of these teams, but they haven't quite looked like their, their old selves. Um, I would put New Mexico women in there. Um, I would I would put Michigan State's women in there. I would put Syracuse. I would put Iowa State. I'd put Boise State. All kind of in those schools of all right. We're going to see where their development has come so far this year in their training, and you know if they really belong in that conversation as national qualifying teams or not. And then again, kind of not to. It is hard because the shine is pretty heavy on Wisco, but. In Virginia, how do you see that race playing out? Who are the favorites there, and you know who really sticks out to you? I mean, Arkansas is the favorite, and and um, they probably have the three of the top ten women in that race: Van Camp, No, and Thorvaldson. Um, 
And so it's hard not to think that that team's going to win, but you can never count out a, a Dilty Taylor Coates BYU's team. Um, and they're going to have two women in that top 10 as well with Aubrey Frenthway and Lexi Halliday Lowry. And so between those two teams, that will be a fun, uh, fun battle. I like Virginia, especially on their home course. Margot Appleton's shown that she's, that she's really gifted. Jenny Schilling, uh, Cameron Manager. Those are, those are, you know, it's a really solid top three. Um, but in, in some regard, I see BYU and Arkansas probably putting their four or five before Virginia's three or four, three. And so that, that makes me think that Arkansas and BYU are probably the teams to beat here. Uh, a sleeper is probably Oregon. Not really sure where they're at. Um, they did get beat by BYU, obviously, at Dellinger. Um, I do know that Oregon kind of gets started later just because their, their their school year starts later. It just kind of feels like they usually get a late start and then come on strong. So it'll be it'll be a good little checkpoint uh, race to see where Oregon's at right now on the women's side. This podcast is brought to you by V.O2, a coaching app based on the science of legendary coach Jack Daniels. High schools, clubs, and universities from all over the world are having great success using VDOT. Since 2017, Marietta High School in Georgia has won a combined nine 7A state titles in cross country. Their coach, Jack Coleman, had the following to say about VDOT 02. The features of VDOT 02 are exactly what I need as a coach. The ability to create group training plans that are individually personalized within each group is my favorite feature. VDOT is offering 20% off their coaching subscription using the code CITIUSMAG. Download V.02 in the app stores or visit V.02 to start your 30-day free trial. Athletes without a coach can also use the same code to try out their fully automated V.02 adaptive trainer and sync to an Apple Watch, Koros, or Garmin. Leverage the world-famous V.02 formulas and take your running to the next level with V.02. All right, now let's shift gears over to the men's side. What sticks out to you about who decided to go where again does feel heavy again on on the wisconsin side yeah I, <laughs> it does doesn't it it looks like oregon um men are both men and women are both at uh, virginia so if i said that earlier that they weren't then they are um honestly it just makes me think that there's probably there's there's really only four or five teams in that men's race at, at pre-nats that will have a chance of going to nationals and so the truth is is that you, you're those schools are probably wishing they were at wisconsin at the nutty comb um, of course, when you're the team to beat at Virginia at pre-NAS, then it's fine. Like Arkansas, Tennessee, Virginia, Oregon, those four teams are probably fine, right? But, um, you know, if you're Santa Clara or Charlotte or Cal Poly or Montana State um, and you were wishing you could get into Wisconsin Nuttycomb and you didn't, then your, your, your best bet of getting points is just sneaking in there and snagging something in, in from Virginia or Oregon or, or Tennessee at, at pre-NAS to, have, to just have a hope at maybe scoring a point or two. Because really, all the points are coming from Wisconsin. <laughs> no, yeah, I agreed. I looked at it just now. It looks like aside from Oklahoma State, which is sitting out the weekend, and Virginia, which is hosting the meet, everyone else from the top ten is in Wisconsin. So if you look at eleven and twelve, then that's Butler and Texas. They're going to Wisconsin. So you could, you could argue that the top ten teams are all going to be. Um, at Wisconsin. So how do you see this team race playing out? Yeah, honestly, and this is not exaggeration, although I've been known to exaggerate. Uh, if you're top 20 at Wisconsin, you're probably making the meet. I mean, because two thirds of those top 20 are going to be, well, maybe not two thirds, but half of that top 20 are going to get regional, uh, the top two in the region. And then the next 10 are probably are, are going to get enough points from this meet to go. Like that's unbelievable. The amount of power that Nuttycomb has in determining who goes to nationals—that's insane. Like, 
I'm I'm stunned looking at this right now that 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 meet alone is going to determine so many teams that get into nationals. That's crazy. I mean, all you got to be is top 20 and it's like, you can feel probably pretty good about yourself. <laughs> so uh, of this one, is it just Northern Arizona is going to run the table on this one and we'll see them really try and flex on, on everyone else. Or what are you looking for from a BYU or even a Wisconsin on their home course? Yeah. I, I'm curious what NAU's thinking here. I mean, they've, they've got nothing to prove. Are they running guys like the top guys? Well, they're in their entries. So what does that mean? I don't know. It means that they're allowed to take them to the meet, <laughs> you know, per eligibility rule, NCAA rules and stuff. So, I mean, that, you know, uh, to that point, who knows if they're going to actually race or maybe they do a workout on the course or maybe, they, you know, there's all sorts of tricks and games that coaches will play with that regard. But I, I do think that it's NAU's race to win or lose, just deciding they can dictate what's happening in this thing. Do they run Nico Young? Do they run Aaron Lasseras? Um, you know, do they do they tempo it and just let Young and Bosley and Lasseras run together? Um, bring in Theo Quacks and Prosser and Hasty. I mean, the, you know, right now they're looking at putting six or seven guys in the top twenty-five of this thing. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Individually. What I guess uh, to your point, like we don't quite know who is a bluff and who's not, but uh, Stanford going out there, we saw, I guess, already these guys kind of go, the top guys go head to head at Panorama Farms a couple weeks ago. So um, is this just another opportunity for the likes of a Kai Robinson to maybe prove himself as more of a contender for that individual title? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think this is, again, another chance for Kai to move along in his training, again, getting a late start. Um, I, I'm excited to see uh, Robinson and and Hampton Samuel duke it out a little bit. That's um, right. I mean, yep. Samuel did beat him head-to-head at Worlds. Um, and so, you know, you'd have to think that Samuel probably has the leg up there. Um, you know, who who might also, who has looked good thus far this season, who hasn't been talked about much that might end up being with that, with that group as well is is Stanford transfer to now Texas, Devin Hart. Um, he had, a, he had, he, he raced uh, a strong race at Jamboree and um, you know, as someone who I could, I could see putting myself in that top pack for, you know, seven to 7.5 K. If this was ESPN and like, you know, the people throw out sort of like this on first take, like Stephen A. Smith, like uh, just some random <laughs> ridiculous thing. I think the thing going into Wisconsin would be can have Tim Samuel run in the cold, right? Like we know what yeah. he did in, in, uh, you know, Australia, uh, but Wisconsin is a little a different. React. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think that's something we haven't talked about. I'm glad you brought it up because I was thinking, I was like, okay, I mean, I, you know, when we hop on the pod, we got to talk about Wisconsin going to be muddy and cold and who knows what. Um, I've been to Wisconsin to Nutty come invite and Nationals when it's cold. And that course is not super forgiving. It's not like it's people like the course because it's just really cool. Um, you know, standalone courses of that caliber are just awesome to run at. But it's not like it's it's not like it's easy. I mean, there, you know, the kid, you get that first, I think maybe like. 800 meters or a K that's flat and kind of down and you have a hard right. And then that up, then that after that right turn, you're kind of going up the most of the time. Um, and I think, I think that in the mush, in the cold, yeah, we're going to see what, what happens. Samuel's made of for sure. That's a really good point, Chris. I'm excited to see what happens there. 
Well, I'm looking at it now just because you you brought it up. Let's. What is the weather right now in Madison, Wisconsin? So it's been you know a high of today is an outlier. It's 62, partly cloudy, low of 49. But the rain they is they're running start. today. Yeah, the <laughs> rain starts tomorrow. Um, high of 50, low of 50, uh, low of 50, and that carries through into Friday, where you know I guess it'll be chillier, nothing too overly cold but rain rain is in the forecast i've actually never been to to that course in, in the rain or in the mud i've always had it as the manicured uh golf course that it is yeah i mean there's i've been there a few times when it had rained and there's some slushy spots or mushy spots i mean slush is more snow related mushy spots on some of those turns right on that inside um a lot will depend on how much they allow the kids to warm up on the course and spend time on there. I know a lot of, a lot of course venues and meets, if it's like that, they won't let people warm up on the course. Um, and you're just kind of relegated to doing your pre-meet stuff on the road or in other designated areas. So I'm curious to see how well they protect the course prior to and how that impacts, you know, um, keeping the course at a somewhat stable level. Um, and, uh, you know, what is the meet schedule? I mean, are they, I assume they'll run the, the invite races first. Yeah. No, 12, 20 PM for the women's 6k, 1 PM for the men's, uh, 8k, right. but then the B races the, are their first for that. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> That's like a go's worst nightmare. Like, can we please switch this? So my B kids don't wreck this for my A kids. Anyway. All right. Well, fine. Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. That course is going to get wrecked. <laughs> Make it more challenging. We, we yeah, need to make cross country so. more challenging here. Um, <laughs> is there anyone out there like, kind of like individually that sticks out to you aside from, you know, the big names, the Kai Robinsons, the uh, Drew Bosleys, Nico Youngs that could make a statement here? Because for me, in kind of observing the first couple of weeks of results, um, Harvard's Grand Blanks is someone that I've been kind of keeping tabs on. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to I like, like him the Harvard a lot. duo. I, it's hard not to like the Harvard duo with Ace or Iverson. Iverson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Iverson and Blanks and Alex Gibby has proven year in and year out that he's probably the most underrated coach in the NCAA every year. He's got really good people that he's coaching, and he does a great job. Um, uh, I'd like uh, Valentin Sosa from CBU. Um, not a lot of people know who he is. He he ran okay at GRIAC. Um, You know, he ran he ran Worlds, and so some of those people who ran Worlds track are still just like. You know, he just barely got out of just doing aerobic base work, right? So um, now that he's probably doing a little bit more specific stuff, or at least more, you know, like a threshold stuff, he's going to be someone I think to watch. Um, I like him. I think he's a very talented guy. Um, I also like uh, Shane McAvoy from Tulsa, and especially in this kind of weather, I think Shay's going to look going to run really well. Um, um, and so I, I like him. And um, if I'm going to throw out one other name, I'll throw out Austin Vansel from Colorado. Um, I think some of those Colorado guys who grew up in Colorado running those Colorado tough courses, they're going to, they're going to run well in, in that kind of a, in what we think at least right now will be a tough muddy course. How big of a meet is this for North Carolina and Syracuse who we kind of saw some good results in that first week. And then in our preview, you said like, yeah, this, these are two teams that should be taken pretty seriously. And now this is a good opportunity for them to back that up. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, in some regard, this is this is almost like the the dress rehearsal to NCAA's, right? It I really mean, you're is. missing you're missing Oklahoma State, you're missing Arkansas, you're missing Oregon, you're missing Virginia, you're missing um, a few other key programs that will be yeah a top 
10 to 15 teams, but otherwise like there, this might, this is, this may be even be besides losing Oklahoma state, a better meet than NCAAs. I mean, you know, some of those schools that come out of the other regions, you know, maybe they're not even a top 30 level program if they weren't just in a region that they can get through. That's not, I don't know if that's necessarily true hundred percent because I haven't, I haven't looked at it perfectly, but it is, it is, you can make a state and make a point that this, that this race is as competitive as what into the blaze will look like. So for North Carolina, for Syracuse, you're, you're wanting to see how your spread looks at this meet. Where's my one through five spread? Because especially for, for Syracuse, for, I mean, excuse me, not Syracuse, North Carolina, because they have a significant low stick. Um, and, Par- and Parker Wolf, you know, will be a single digit finisher in this race. And so how far back are you from one through five with him? Syracuse is the opposite. It's they've had, I think, a pretty good spread, but can they get a low stick? And, and trying to figure out that, what you know, a lot of coaches will call it like the compression of your one through five. Where is your compression at? And, and if you're Syracuse, you want to move it up closer to the front. And if you're North Carolina, you want it to be like, okay, how many, you know, where is our fifth guy compared to Parker? And can we move that person along? Who are some of the teams that need a big performance here? I look at um, a Tulsa and Ole Miss, you know, who kind of fell out of the rankings a bit, you know, this time around they're in it here and could make up some points. Yeah. Tulsa Ole Miss are good um, examples. Utah state's another, um, um, I think, I think Florida state is, is much better than what they've, what they've shown cards wise so far this year. I like their men. Um, I think their men will, will make a statement this weekend. Um, uh, and then you look at an NC state or a Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga, um, ran pretty well. I agree. I think they were second. Um, and so this is a, this is another chance for them to, you know, if they get top 20, they can just basically book that ticket to, to Charlottesville in November. All right. So in Charlottesville, the men's race, again, you said kind of is lacking in its spice a bit, but how does this one shake out in your point of view? Yeah, it'll be, you know, the Arkansas, show <laughs> I, I think there'll be some tennessee mixed in there um i think there'll be some montana states and virginia some oregon of course i mean and the question is will jerry pull the red shirts off of some of their freshmen that that's that, the biggest me, thing of intrigue i think right right i agree and, and 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 if he doesn't that's fine it's his prerogative and i think he you know he's thinking long-term development with these guys but if you're thinking long-term development with guys who could have almost signed pro contracts out of high school then that I don't know, right? And so we'll see what he decides to do. If I if I'm if I'm Oregon, um, but I'm not. So um, uh, I I think I would use use those dudes while I have them. You know, let them let them let let them rock the O and and give give give, give yourself a chance to be a podium team because with all those guys running uh, at at you know in uniform and at the level that they can be, that's that's not a crazy statement to make. Because right now they're ranked 29th, and that I f- believe comes from the coaches being like, "Well, none of these guys are running for the right. team just yet." Ar- no Archie Noakes, no Simeon Burnbaum, no, no Connor Burns, you know some of those types. So we'll unpack everything that takes place this weekend. Uh, it's the Wisconsin Invitational is on Friday. The women's race. The, the championship race is at 12.20 p.m. and the men's race is at 1 p.m. You'll be able to live stream it via runner space. And then you've got the pre-nats on Saturday. The men's championship race will be at 9.40. 
the women's championship race will be at 10 30 and that one will be streamed on the acc network which you can also stream on the espn app and on watch espn and then next week isaac will be back on the pod to give us all of his biggest winners and losers from uh this week i you know People are a little too thin-skinned, I think, when it comes to being labeled a loser in this sport. But I think we need to lean into it. It's like every every race in Formula One, every uh, baseball game you can unpack, an NBA game you can unpack as like the biggest winners and losers. Why not cross-country? Let's get into it next week, Isaac. Sounds good, yeah. You know, when you put your heart and soul and run 80 or 100 miles a week for however many months, I think people start to really take everything too personally, and <laughs> we all do. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to unpack that uh, next week. And, and just really, it's this is this is thrilling entertainment. This is, I mean, if you love cross country and you, you're nerds like the, like us, this is this is big time stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Cross country is an entertainment product. It is. It is. Yes. So I'll be watching both of those from my hotel room in Sunnyvale, California. Oh, that's right. You've got a big meet. Uh, let the people know we're all big, <sighs> uh, you know, fans of your team. So, uh, Thank you. <laughs> so let the people know what we've got going on this weekend. Yes. The Santa Clara Bronco invite for the Salt Lake community college Bruins. Um, so should be a good, good chance for us to mix it up with some pretty solid D one schools and D two schools and whatever schools are there that are good. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, currently things are going well and gained the respect of some of the voters on the poll with our women being ranked number one and the men ranked tied for third. So, uh, none of those things matter. Of course, November 11th for us is the only, is the only final ranking that matters, but it is fun to get that respect and, to, it'll be fun to see what the, what we look like in our probably last big test before national this weekend. So you guys are the community college version of when Adam state goes to like Roy Griak and tries to take down as many of like the top division one teams. And Hey, you know, you get a chance this weekend too. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's, not, it, it's fun to kind of be the underdog. So we'll be Isaac, good. thanks for dropping your wisdom on cross country as always. Thank you, Chris. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I love doing this for you guys. I've only got a few asks here to close out the show. Please share this episode with your friends if you think they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. And if you have a moment to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow and maybe helps us get better guests on the show, let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We have a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you guys next time.